just brilliant with Shane Willard here, and, and he just preached a brilliant message on how do we change our world. And we're concluding the series tonight, and probably tonight is the most practical one of all five. The most practical way of how do I change my world? Because sometimes we think, oh, it's not possible. The world is too scary. They are not open for change. And, and let me tell you something, they are open for change. The reason why, because everybody that doesn't know God has a God-sized vacuum in their life that they don't know how to fill, and we have the answer. We have the answer. The question then is, how do we do it? And I want to preach on this title, Come and See Confidence. Come and see confidence. So I'm going to take you through a story, and, and it's a, a rather long passage, but I, I want to read through it. And we don't normally use this, this phrases, but if I can, if I can say it, uh, personal evangelism 101. We find it in this story, in, in John 1, verse 35. We find the next, uh, until verse 51, just a, a fascinating story how we can evangelize 101, how we can evangelize just personal evangelism 101, because sometimes we're so scared of it, we don't know how to do it or if we can do it. And this whole series has been just a lead-up series to our uh, movie series where we invite our unchurched friends and our, our friends that doesn't know God. And we're going to make it easy for them to accept Christ and to to accept the gift of salvation. So read with me if, if, uh, if you want to look on the screens. It says the following in verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus replied with the following. He said, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two uh, who heard what John had said and who had, followed, uh, who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. He, he just went and told him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Very important to see that. He, he, he went to tell and then he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found that the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I love the response here of Nathaniel. He said, Nazareth, Nazareth, can any good come from there? I mean, how rude is that? He's standing there, Nazareth, you rude person. He's like, can anything good, anything good 
come from there, Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. I know you think nothing can good come good from it, but Philip said, just, just come and see. It's, it's almost how the world responds. Can there anything come good? Is there anything good that comes, can come from the church? Is there any, I mean, is there any good that, that churches is, is, is good for in this day and age? And Philip's response is, just, just come and see. Just, just come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Yeah, truly as an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And this is just an amazing picture of the heart of God. Before he even saw Jesus, Jesus already sought him. He knows his heart. He knows his conditions. He knows what he's going through. And that's just an amazing picture of who our God is. He already knows your friends that, that's lost. That, that friend that you, that you think about who should be here next week, he already knows their names. I saw you while you were under, still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. It's just an incredible story. And, and in this story, we find a couple of things to make evangelism so easy for us. So, so easy for us. I want to read a couple of more um, just short verses before I get to the message. So this is the bulk of, of, of all the, 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 the reading I'm going to do. And just, so this is the state. I just want to throw in a, a couple of nuggets, if, if that is fine. Right? You're very quiet tonight. I still need to remind you that you can say amen in this church and help a brother preach, please. English is not my first language, so you can help me. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4 says the following. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Uh, just Paul that's saying, do you know what's wrong with the world, why they are lost? It's because they are blind. Spiritually, they are blind. They can't see. Second verse I want to give you is probably, should be our favorite verse. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only, one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And the third, third one I want to give is Acts 2, verse 17 and 18, saying the following. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on just the people in Kenmore. No? Oh. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit only on religious people. No? Only on righteous people. Hello? No? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all 
people, your sons and your, not just you, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men, young adults in the house, you will start dreaming and seeing visions. Your, you old men, I don't see any old men in this house this tonight, but you old men will dream dreams. Um, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. What a great verse. Lastly, Acts 2 verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How great is that? A lot of verses, but I want to unpack that tonight. And, and just, so how, how does it work for me? How, how, how does evangelism one-on-one works? And, and, and next week when, when we have our movie series, that's, that's 100%, 110% probably focus on lost people. How does it work for me? How, so how do I change my world? You see, I think lost people is not that they are wicked, you know? Sometimes we have this picture that lost people and people that doesn't know God are, are just slithery people. Uh, is it just my image sometimes? Um, sometimes we think they are like Darth Vader. And just, they, they, don't, they, they just lost the plot. Now, I don't know about you, but I, 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 was just, I was saved from the age of five. And I just knew everything I knew about church and God. And so so there, there's no radical story in my life. But one thing that I did, did as, as, as a teenager, well, as a child and as a teenager, and probably most recently as well, was I hanged out a lot at racing events. I mean, oval track racing, not, not the big money racing events. I mean, there where people that doesn't have money to go and they can enjoy racing as well. And some of those people are really lost. But it's probably the best people I've ever met. Sometimes we, we get this image, it's only the, the dark veiled people and, 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 and they, they don't know God. And, but that's not the case. I wasn't going to the racing and going, oh, you deceitful people. Oh, you, you, you deviants. You don't know Christ and you're going straight to hell. I didn't do that. They were really nice people. They were real people with great hearts, sharing parts. I mean, when, when I lost a part on my race car, I just go to the next guy. I mean, he cusses like there's no tomorrow, but at least he lends me his parts to go and race against him. Great people. It's, I don't think it's, 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 it's that they are deceitful or, or deviant people. I think they are lost because they can't see because they can't see. When, when you fly 14 hours to Australia, you get one of these. And I can't sleep with them, but my kids did, and my wife did, and other people. They're looking very weird when they put this on. But we've just read it. But if our gospel is hit, it is hit to them that are lost, in whom God of this world hath blind, the gods of this world has blinded their minds. I think most of the people are, are not, not deviant or dark bait or slithery viper people. I think the only problem why they are lost is, is because church, they can't see. They can't see where hope is coming from. They can't see where they are going. They, they 
can't see where hope is. They can't see how, how, how to, to get better. And, and they can't see how to get healing. And they can't, they can't see where they are going. This is very close to the, to the, to the, to the edge. That's the right English word. And, and I, I, I'm probably going to give another step. But I'm going to fall. Because I don't know where it is. Where's this pulpit? You know? But they are living here. And sometimes they, they fall really hard in their life. Not because they are bad people. It's just sometimes they can't see where to go as a people that is lost church. Because the, this, 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 this God of this world, this spirit of blindness came over them. And they just can't see it. It's not, not because they, they're all lost. And sometimes we, we go, hey, buddy, you need to get your act together. Hey, hey you need to get saved. Hey, hey, you need some help. Hey, you, you need some freedom in your life. You need to sort out the marriage. And I think they go like this. Uh, I, I really want to, but I can't see where. I can't see where I need to go. And we as the church go, please get right. That's not our job, church. We should help them point them in the right direction where they need to go. Because I think the world's biggest problem is not that they are bad people deceive. You know that those, those brown, eastern brown snake type of people. I'm not... I don't know about you, but I'm really scared of those type of snakes. <laughs> can kill you. Just in here. Sometimes we think the world is And that's not their problem, church. I think their problem and their biggest problem is that they are blind. And someone needs to bring them. Someone need to point them. Someone, someone need to show them what freedom looks like. Not believe Jesus did everything he needed to do. But we as the people and the people of God need to introduce them to what God is doing. Because they, they need to get free, but we need to introduce them to a God who sets free. We need to bring them. I have a friend back home we had a sunrise service one Easter 2019 2400 plus people on, on a rugby field at 6am and 20 past 6 the sun just came up and it was our Easter Friday service there was a guy you could not miss him out of 2400 people he's standing as a mountain of a guy this guy has tattoos all over I mean, he has tattoos on his head. Who tattoos your head? He shaves his... He has tattoos all over. He walks very... He's, I mean, he's a mountain of a man, very stiff. He walks just like this. His arms as big as my thighs. Big man. And at that service, I, give the, I gave an, in, an in, invitation to accept Christ. So his name is George Potrito, and I have a picture, I'm not sure if it can show now, but I have a picture of George, there he is. So that, that's Brad Binder, which is a MotoGP champion or a racer, um, and that is George. That's before his head got 
tattooed, but his whole head is tattooed and tattooed all over. He's, he's just a big, big guy. And at this service, he gave his life to Christ because his, his mother invited him to that service and she nabbed him. She said, shared scripture with him. She just shared prayers with him, scripture. What was his mother doing? Just building a bridge. Just constantly building a bridge. And at that service, he gave his life to Christ. And for the next eight weeks, every Sunday, he's in church giving his life to Christ. Putting up his hand. And I had coffee with him and I explained to him, Hey, George, you're already saved, buddy. Salvation only happens once. Born To be born again happens once. We need to repent daily. That you need to do. Turns out this guy was biking. He was part of the max. So you get the hell's angels. And when the hell's angels in South Africa is in trouble, you get the max to come and help them. And he was called, and on his jacket of the max was called the Punisher. So he said to me, he, oh, he wasn't, he's not a day in jail. Goes to jail, two hours, they open up, he goes out. And he smashed people's head in. He's, he was just ruthless, ruthless guy. And he met Jesus because his mom brought him to a sunrise service. And here's the thing, he was blind. And then it's as if the veil just was pulled down and he could see Christ for who he was. Because someone brought him to church. And currently, George is serving church in every capacity. And, and so he's a motor mechanic. And every mom that's cars is broken down, and single moms, he services their cars for free. He helps them up. And he's serving Christ because someone brought him. He was blind as can be. But his mom kept on praying for him, kept on building the bridge, and Jesus met him one day. Someone brought him to church, and that's why Acts says that whoever and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Church will be saved. I don't know your friend circle, and I don't know how they are lost, but if God can save George Potriter, he can save your friend. If God can save a guy that's bashing people's head in the ground, killing people all around the city, going and so, so lost church, I think there's hope for your friends and the city. Sorry, I'm preaching 68% better than you've been responding just now. God can save them, church. He can save your friends, and, and, and we need to invite them. So how do we do it, Salvin? Out of this story, there's four practical ways out of the story of John on how we can change our world. And number one is we point people to, to Jesus. We are pointers. We are pointers, and we point with confidence. We point people to Jesus with confidence. I was in Rochester um, in New York State, up in New York State, in, in Rochester, and uh, was preaching there at, at a church and had dinner one day at, at a restaurant, and, and there was this very bubbly uh, waiter. Um, she, she served us our food, and she's very bubbly. And she goes, there's so much positive energy around you people. What is this positive energy around? And, and, and her question was, when were you born? And I'm like, in March. And she's, oh, you, you're a fish. Huh? 
I'm Jesus. Jesus is like, I'm no stars for me. And she's, no, 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 this, this positive energy is coming. No, 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 it's Jesus. And she's asking, but, but who's Jesus? And I'm just sitting there, not my country, not my world. By the way, Rochester at that stage was, was the eighth most um, westernized, postmodern um, city in the whole of the USA, meaning the most unchurched and unbelieving city, eighth most unbelieving city in the USA. And this girl goes, oh, I love singing, I love being happy. And I said, you should come to church. I will show you Jesus. I want to point you to Jesus. And she's like, church? No, they're not too boring. I'm like, no, they're not. I'm going to show you a better side. And I started a video clip on YouTube of the church that I was preaching. And I mean, it was great music and everything. And she's going, church like that? Never. I said, you, you should come. You should go there. I'll be not there next week. I'm flying out. But, but I'm going to point you to Jesus. You don't need the stars. You need Jesus to get the energy right and to get your peace that you're after. Church, we, we can point with confidence. We can point people with confidence. Not only can we point with confidence, there's people at your work that need Jesus, and only, you only have to point. It's Jesus. Why are you so happy? It's Jesus. Why do you have so much peace? It's Jesus. Why is it that, that life hits you so hard, but you can still lift up your chin, still be smiling? Jesus. Why? Because we can point with confidence. Secondly, we can bring people to Jesus. We are bringers, church. We bring with confidence. And in, especially in this world, there, there's this culture going that we, we shouldn't invite. It's not invitation culture. And we should invite with confidence, church. We should invite people with confidence. It's like when, when Lauren and Jordan invite us to the rugby two weeks, three weeks ago. We're going to get tickets. Yes! That was the first response. Yes! All Blacks, Springboks. Yes! Best rugby team in the whole world. Number one, the Springboks. Number two, the All Blacks. Yes! I had so much confidence when they said, we are going to get tickets and we want you to go. Yes! They invited with confidence because why? It was the best team playing. I'm not sure about you, church, but, but, but we don't only have the best team on our side. We have the best of the best. We have breakthrough. We have healing on our side. We have peace. We have confidence because we have Jesus Christ on our side. And we can bring with confidence and invite the confidence, church. Why should the devil go and, and, and rip out the confidence of oh, the church? We don't go to church. The devil is a liar. We can bring people with confidence because we have what they need. We can point. We can bring. Hey, come to church. Hey, we've made it easy. Hey, we have a thing at church. Barna study group says 82% of the unchurched, unsaved world will say yes if we invite them. 82% Worldwide Barnard Study Group says 4% of churches around the world has an invitation culture. We lack confidence to bring people to church. 
Come and see confidence. Hey, do you need conf- do you need peace, peace in your life? Come and see. Just come and see. Thirdly, we are witnesses for Jesus. We are a witness. We witness with confidence. What does witnessing mean? It's just telling your part of the story. When you are in a court of law and you need to be a witness, you only tell your part of the story. I can tell my part of the story. I was lost and I got saved. I can share with confidence what happened in my life. Time and time and time again. Jesus' timing is just perfect. And I can share that. And you can share that because we can testify with confidence. We can witness with confidence. And lastly, the band can come up. We live out our testimony of Jesus. We are testimonies, meaning we testify with confidence. We witness with confidence, number three, and we testify. How do we testify? We invite people over for a coffee. Invite them for a coffee in our lunch breaks and just say, can can we just share? Can, Can we just share? Can I just share with you? Can I share with you the good things that God has done in our lives? He's really, really good to us. And the devil is going to try try and stop the confidence. But he saved you. You you can share with confidence. You were lost, but he saved you. And if he did it for George, and he did it for me, and he did it for you, surely God can do it for your friends. J. John said the following. If we want to share the gospel with great confidence, we have to have complete confidence um, in the gospel. If you want to share it with confidence, we have to have complete confidence in the gospel. I don't know about you, but I've seen a guy that's bashing people's heads get saved. I have complete confidence in the grace and in the mercy and in the story of Jesus that we can build those bridges towards people, pray for them, share scripture and invite them with confidence so that they also may be saved. I'm a bit of a sport fanatic and these two jerseys is probably one of my favorites, memorabilia jerseys. So in the IPL, they once played it in South Africa because there was voting in India. I got me a Chennai Super Kings shirt. I went to watch every Chennai game because I had confidence in my team. They're going to win and they had the best captain, which is MS Dhoni, probably one of the best captains to captain a side, especially an Indian side. Wear it with great pride, great, great pride. And they won every time I wear it at a game. That year, they won the IPL in South Africa as well, and this was just incredible. Second of all, I mean, this is probably the best jersey on the planet. This is my Springbok jersey. Where I would wear it, uh, whatever the word is, wore it on two Saturdays ago. I didn't want to wash it. It was an awesome game. But that game, let me just take you through it for a couple of seconds. I mean, we were behind at halftime. Luckily, on the halftime mark, Pollard, 
our five slotted the penalty and there was some confidence getting back in us and we're still behind with five or six points. Playing the All Blacks and I mean there were 20,000 Kiwis there. It's their religions. I, I mean they are passionate. And we're sitting surrounded by a lot of Kiwis and I have this one guy that just had a full go at me all the time if I say something and scream something. He's just turning around and just having a go. I mean, we are behind, and suddenly we get confidence, and luckily they took off, off our fullback. He was just horrible on the day. They took him off, and they switched the team around, and they were confidence in that team. And they were playing really well. Scored a try in the corner. I didn't have a voice left. We were in front by two points. In front, five minutes to go. In that five minutes, they kick a penalty goal, they are in front. I mean, I, my heart is racing, I'm just sitting in my chair, I'm going just lower and lower because now, oh, not two weeks in a row where we're going to lose in the depth of the, depth of the, in the last part of the game and I'm just, it can't be, and suddenly Alton Yankees, he goes, drop goal and we are in front again. Two minutes to go, they get a penalty. They are in front again. I was just sitting in my chair. And I just said, can't be. And as the pastor I am, I get quiet and I started to pray. I'm like, Lord, please. Please, God. I pray for my deep. I'm just praying. I'm very quiet and I'm sitting in the gate. Dwayne Vermeer, our eighth man, probably one of the best in the world, he gets over, he gets a penalty on the 80th minute. I mean, they are far out in, in the All Blacks' heart on the eighth. I'm going, oh, please, just kick it close to the line. And I'm, I'm there, please, Lord. Please. I'm just praying all the time. I, I, I'm just sitting there. Nobody, I'm just sitting there. My, my, my voice is gone. He kicks it close to the corner. Not a great kick. They go in the line, they scrum towards their line and suddenly there's confidence and I'm screaming, go, go. And at that moment, 82nd minute, when, when that ball drops, end of play, we lose. 82nd minute, suddenly they, they quick ball and, and the opposition was caught offside and the ref's arm goes like this, advantage South Africa.
We already won the game. It's over. You can have confidence because we already won the game. And I don't know about you, church, and, and I don't know what, what, what you are thinking about the lost world, but I want to tell you we are on Jesus' side. He already won the game for us, church. We can have complete confidence in Jesus Christ that He will get people saved if we come and bring them because there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ, church. We can have confidence. We are on the best team. We serve a great God. And we can invite. We can point people with confidence. We can, next coming Sunday, next Sunday, you can bring a friend with confidence. You can bring them with confidence. We're going to give them an opportunity to accept Christ and get healed and saved and set free. You should know that we are pointers, we are bringers, we witness with confidence, and we can testify about the goodness and the grace of God. Because if He can save me, and if He can save you, and if He can save George, He can save everybody and anybody in our sphere of society.